Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host, I am the Big Recon. Today is Monday, December 28th. So first and foremost, Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. Uh, I hope everyone had a great Christmas holiday and a great long weekend. I know I did. Um, so let's dive into what we're going to get into tonight. So it's been a really big couple of days, week and a half, for the sports teams that I follow in the major sports, including college football. So as you can see, tonight I am wearing the Cleveland Cavaliers alternate uh, jersey, and it is the number 22, that of Larry Nance Jr., of course, out of the rafters. Uh, it came down when he was traded to the Cavaliers in 2018, and man, do I hope he stays for the rest of his career. Um, so we're going to get a little Cavaliers for you, because for the first time since 2016, the Cleveland Cavaliers have started 3-0. and I will repeat that for everyone who followed the NBA last year. For the first time since 2016, the Cleveland Cavaliers started 3-0, beating Charlotte, Detroit, and last night putting a hurt on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we're going to get to yesterday, which was an absolute debacle in the Meadowlands uh, at MetLife Stadium for the Cleveland Browns. We're going to dive into a little Buckeyes because I got an announcement coming up. I threw it on Twitter, but I'm going to say it in the episode tonight. And of course, the Mets are still doing stuff. So let's start at the top. And let's start with the Mets since that is going to be something I'm not going to spend a ton of time on. Um, and I will start out by saying this. Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on both the Big Reek and YouTube and f- channel and Facebook page. I will have the boys back to talk hot stove because all of a sudden, the San Diego Padres think they're the New York Yankees. Uh, as we will dive into what has gone on in the last couple of days in the hot stove with San Diego, with what the Mets have done so far this offseason, and some of the other developments that have happened across Major League Baseball. Tone and Alex will be with me uh, probably about an hour is how we normally go. So put that on your calendars. 9 p.m. Monday night, January the 4th, uh, we will dive into Major League Baseball. But let's talk about what the Mets have done and what I've liked so far. Well, listen, the Mets went out and got a catcher, something they desperately needed. And they got the catcher I wanted. I wanted James McCann. I feel McCann is the better receiver. I feel McCann is the better game caller. And I feel McCann is going to be fit better into that lineup than JT Real Muto. Now, some people are going to say to me, oh, well, you just didn't want to spend the money. That's part of it. I want the Mets to allocate resources elsewhere. Just because Steve Cohen has $14 billion in the bank does not mean he's going to spend it and spend it stupidly. So I love the McCann move. Uh, Alex, who is a White Sox fan, was told me it was very a very good move by the Mets. So I am pumped. I think he's going to work well with our staff, and I think he's going to work well within with Jeremy Hefner, uh, the Mets pitching coach. So... We're going to dive more into the Mets and more into everything else on Monday night. I will say this, though. Um, I think the Mets are going to make a big move in the next couple of days. The hire of Jared Porter as their GM was humongous. This is a baseball guy. He's not just an analytics guy, and he's not just uh, somebody's... um, He's not just somebody's go-to yes-man. This is a baseball guy. He has learned at the feet of Theo Epstein and guys like that. So I like the move for Porter. I think him and Sandy Alderson will work very well together. So after 
discussing a little bit of the Mets here, and thank you for that since there's so much more going on. Let's jump into what I have on, and that is the 3-0 Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, side note, I get points for certain things at my job, and with those points, I purchased a 10-inch Lenovo tablet with a docking station for one reason and one reason only. I put the Fox Sports Go app on there, I have my parents sign in, and I watch the Cleveland Cavaliers every chance I get. I watched a bunch of opening night against Charlotte, I watched uh, the majority, I actually watched the entire second half last night against Philadelphia, I did not catch anything uh, the other night, uh, Saturday night, against the Pistons. But here's my impression from the little bit I have watched. Let's start with this. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are playing out of their minds. Uh, the other night against Detroit in the overtime game, uh, Darius Garland went for 21-12. and 12. Meanwhile, Colin Sexton scoring over 30 points. Opening night, they basically, LaMelo Ball, who is one of the, the big players coming into the draft, they schooled him in beating the Charlotte Hornets handily. And then last night, because I watched more last night than any of the any of the first three games, and they'll be on. They're playing the Knicks tomorrow, who, by the way, are a different team than last year. I don't know what's their new head coach. I don't know if it's RJ Barrett and those boys getting better. The Knicks are a different team. So, on to last night. What I saw by the Cleveland Cavaliers was something I haven't seen by the Cavs since the early days of LeBron's second tenure. That's defensive um, intensity. There was constant movement on both sides of the ball. They had 21 assists in the first half. There were some times when LeBron was here, or even last year, they didn't have 21 assists in a game. They are moving the ball. J.B. Bickerstaff has done a phenomenal job with this team. Because, oh, by the way, they did not have Isaac Okoro, their number one pick last night. They didn't have not had Kevin Love at all this year. Uh, not that, you know, it's it's a surprising thing because Kevin's been hurt a bunch. But no Kevin Love, no Isaac Okoro. The backcourt has been amazing. Garland and Sexton are coming into their own and I think are going to be a dominant backcourt in the Eastern Conference. Now listen, I think that Brooklyn's going to run away with the conference and hide. Uh, and then end up winning this thing and challenging the Lakers for the NBA championship. But here's the thing. This Cavaliers team is good enough to get in the playoffs. And if they can keep the defensive pressure up like they were playing with the last couple of nights, they can make some noise throughout the season. And this is not just a Cavaliers fan talking. Now, yes, I have the 2018 NBA final hat on. Excuse the fur from the Cats. I apologize. Um, and yes, I have the Larry Nance jersey on. So you know I'm a Cavaliers fan. This isn't just about LeBron. In all seriousness... This defensive intensity is something that can be carried because your offense can play off your defense. Let's talk about Andre Drummond, who only played 24 minutes last night, but had 26 points and like 18 rebounds. This is the presence in the middle that I think if they would have had when LeBron was here, they would have won more than one title. Let's talk about um, Larry Nance Jr., who is filling every column in the stat sheet. Had nearly a triple-double on opening night against Charlotte. Uh, he's hitting threes now. He's still playing good defense. He's still locked down on the boards. When Tristan Thompson signed with, with Boston, I honestly thought the Cavaliers were going to have a hard time on the glass outside of Andre Drummond. They have not. 
Um, I in, I enjoyed last night immensely. Um, I've been watching Cavaliers basketball since the Mark Price days and Brad Doherty and those boys from family living out in Cleveland. When I picked up the Cavaliers, it was the Cavaliers of Brevin Knight and Sean Kemp and Bobby Sura. And then, of course, came the LeBron years. Then there were the down years without him. Then there came LeBron 2.0. This is the best defensive unit I have seen in a Cavalier uniform in a very, very long time. The dominant presence in the middle of Andre Drummond, the guards on the in the backcourt who are actually willing to get their hands dirty and play in somebody's jersey. Gee, speaking of jerseys, you think Delhi had something to do with that? Because here's a fact no one talks about. The only two players remaining on the Cavaliers roster today that were a part of the championship run, which, by the way, in June of this year, it will be five years since the greatest comeback in NBA history. Matthew Delvadova has been a mentor to both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland since they came to the Cavaliers. It looks like there's a lot of deli grit and determination with them on the court. Um, I think this team only gets better once Kevin Love gets healthy. Once you can have a guy like Delhi in the rotation, you're going to get better defensively because that's his thing. Ask Steph Curry. So I love what I've seen so far. You have the dominant presence underneath with, with uh, Andre Drummond and Larry Nance, and then you have the guys in the backcourt that are going to make this whole thing go. I do agree with, moving Darius, with Darius Garland being the point guard and Colin Sexton being the shooting guard. Because Colin Sexton is not the distributor that Darius Garland is. Garland is a point guard, not a scoring guard. Colin Sexton's a scoring guard. Darius Garland is a point guard. So they get the Knicks tomorrow night. They got a couple, then they hit the road. Got a couple games in Orlando, got Indiana. So let's see what happens in this first month of this shortened season with the Cleveland Cavaliers. If I had to pick them, I'd say they end up in the eighth spot and would have to play Brooklyn in the first round. Might be a quick exit, but hey, three years post-LeBron, you make the playoffs. No other team did that. When he left the first time, they were the worst team in the league four years in a row. So let's hop down the, uh, down the road. Let's go down to Columbus. Let's talk about what's coming up this coming weekend. Not even this weekend, this Friday. At 8.45, roughly p.m., it will be kicked off in the bayou, the 2021 all-State Sugar Bowl between the Clemson Tigers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. This is the game Ohio State wanted after the debacle last year, after that game was taken from them by the referees. Here's where the difference is. Ohio State lost a lot on defense. They lost um, Okuda. They lost Damon Arnett. They lost Chase Young. Um, they lost a bunch on defense. They lost a bunch on offense. Uh, you lose your home run hitter in J.K. Dobbins, but at the same time, you found something in the Big Ten championship game. As I mentioned last weekend when I did the Browns pregame, before the game against the Giants, um, sorry about yesterday, just had some stuff going on, so I did not have a chance to put an episode up to preview Browns-Jets. Thank God. But in all seriousness... What Ohio State did, in my mind, was prove to me that they can overcome adversity and win some games. Because this is an Ohio State team that did not have it, that was forced to be a different team because of the way Northwestern played defense. 
not having Chris Olave and guys because of COVID did not help. But you would think Ohio State would still have an easy time with Northwestern. What they learned is Trey Sermon can carry the rock. It doesn't just have to be Master Teague to start. And I don't think Master Teague is going to start this game. I think it's going to be Trey Sermon's going to start and get the the majority of the carries in the Sugar Bowl. Here's one thing Ohio State is going for it going into that game, but I'm going to go real deep on Friday. Their offensive line has been playing very well. And they get Olave back. So, 2 p.m., Big Recon Facebook page and YouTube channel. I will dive into both games. The Rose Bowl, of course, Alabama-Notre Dame, and Clemson-Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. So now let's get to yesterday. Now let's get to... Well, a game that I think may define some legacies or just drive me nuts. As the Cleveland Browns went into the Meadowlands, into MetLife Stadium for the second time in two weeks and played there against one of its inhabitants. This time it was the New York Jets. And this time the Browns did not win. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Cleveland Browns lost to the New York Jets yesterday, 23-16. to It's taken me all this time to come to grips with this. Because yesterday's game, number one, should have been played. Number two, if it was played, there were a couple of calls that were called into question, in my opinion. But more importantly, I want to give some credit where credit is due. And that Jet defense actually played really well yesterday. Uh, Their front four dominated the line of scrimmage. And as I've said all year for both football teams that I follow... You have to win the line of scrimmage if you're the Jets and if you're Ohio, or if you're the Browns and you are Ohio State. The Browns did not win the line of scrimmage yesterday, and they lost the game four to, five times. First against Pittsburgh, both times against uh, the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Jets. They did not win the line of scrimmage, and they lost those five games. Baker Mayfield put the ball on the ground three times. Did not throw an interception, but he fumbled three times. All of them. Costly. One stalled the drive, two of them ended it, and one of them was on fourth down going in to tie the game. (sighs) But what do you expect? Because less than 24 hours before the game, the Browns found out they'd be without Jedrick Wills, Jarvis Landry, Kaderil Hodge, Dominant Peoples-Jones, Hollywood Higgins. Yes, that's right. The Cleveland Browns played the Jets yesterday. Without their top four wide receivers, two guys off the offensive line, and they're starting two linebackers. The only starting linebacker the Browns had yesterday was Sione Takitaki, and he got hurt. Listen, Baker did the right thing and stood up and said, listen, this game's on me. I put the ball on the ground. I'm the one that made the mistakes. This game is on me. Which is the right thing to do if you're Baker Mayfield, because if you know if he if he doesn't fumble those two times, you're talking about a game where you could possibly be winning this thing in overtime. Then again, if Cody Parkey hits an extra point and he doesn't fumble the one time, the Browns need a field goal to tie this game. Since Baker was drafted, the Browns have had issues with the kicking game. Zane Gonzalez, Pat McAfee made the joke on his show years ago, probably got deported, 
because of what he did against New Orleans in week two of 2018. Uh, the kid they brought in, Austin Seibert, was terrible. Cody Parkey is no better. I'm going to give a shout out to Alex, who is a big Bears fan, and Cody Parkey did this to the Bears too. Uh, he double doinked, of course. He doinked one yesterday. I made the joke on Twitter, and I said it again today, with the whatever pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Blake Hallbeal, kicker, the Ohio State University. Last time I said it like that, I was right. Last time I said it like that, I was still a big Jet fan, and it was after Doug Bryan cost the Jets the playoff game in Pittsburgh. I believe it was Ben's rookie year when he nearly took them to the, to the almost said the World Series, when he nearly took them to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton just scored. Sorry, I'm, I got the Monday night game on in the background. Um, scam, you're terrible. Stop. Anyways, um, Doug Bryan cost them a trip to the AFC Championship game when Chad Pennington was a quarterback. He missed three kicks in that game, and I remember standing in front of my television. It was their first pick in the second round, and I said, with that pick, the New York Jets, like Mike Nugent, kicker, the Ohio State University, and I was exactly right. So I think the Browns should draft Blake Hallbeal. Uh, obviously not in the first round. You don't need to go crazy to get a kicker. Now I'm going to take you, put you in a wayback machine to week one. And I'm going to tell you as a Cleveland Browns fan that if the Cleveland Browns win their week 17 game, they're in the playoffs. And anybody listening, I want to ask you a serious question. How many of you that day would not have taken exactly what the Browns can do on Sunday. Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you go to the playoffs. So here's the deal. The Pittsburgh Steelers will probably be resting, guys, because the Buffalo Bills will win tonight, and I believe will end up with the two seed, which means the Steelers will be the three seed. Right now in the AFC... It runs through Kansas City. Big surprise. Kansas City is the one. Bills two. Steelers three. Right now, the Tennessee Titans are the four. The Miami Dolphins are the five. The Ravens are the six. The Browns are the seven. Indianapolis is outside looking in. If the Dolphins or the Ravens lose, the Browns are in. Or it's something like that. Hold on, let me look at the thing. So right now, the Chiefs are the one, the Steelers are the two, the Bills are the three, the Titans are the four, Dolphins the five, Ravens the six, Browns the seven, which means, as it stands right now, if they win and Buffalo wins out, Buffalo would be the two, they would get the Browns, the Steelers would get the Baltimore Ravens, and the Titans would get the Miami Dolphins. So here's the scenarios. Cleveland clinches a playoff berth with a Cleveland win 
or an Indianapolis loss. So if the Colts lose to the Jags, the Browns are in. Or they get in with a, a Tennessee loss, a Miami winner, a tie, and a Baltimore winner, a tie. So if Tennessee loses, Miami and Baltimore win, it doesn't matter what the Browns do, they're in. Uh, if they tie or Baltimore loses, if they tie or Miami loses, if they tie or Tennessee loses, if they tie or Indianapolis loses, or if they tie, Tennessee ties, Baltimore wins, and Miami wins. Here's the deal. Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go to the playoffs. For the first time since 2002. Get this monkey off the city's back and get in the playoffs. And then anything can happen. You'll probably be as healthy as you've ever been with guys coming back. Get in the playoffs. Get it done. Go out there and beat Pittsburgh on Sunday and end this thing and hold your heads up as you walk into the playoffs. Because if anybody at the beginning of the year, if I told you the Browns are going to be 11-5 and five and in the playoffs, you'd have taken it. But Browns Twitter and everybody else is flipping out. You would have taken a Cleveland Browns 11-5 and five season and a playoff berth. Handle it. Get it done. So, upcoming. Because I didn't do this until today, we are now at, once I upload it, this will be episode number 94. Sunday, I will do a Browns preview of their final game of this. Well, never mind that. Friday, 2 o'clock. Big Recon Facebook page, YouTube channel. Live preview of the college football playoff two games on Friday. Got the Rose Bowl early with Alabama and Notre Dame. And you have the nightcap, which is going to keep me up pretty late at night, of Ohio State and Clemson. On Sunday, I will come to you with a Browns pregame. I don't know if it's going to be live or not yet. So that's today's 94, Friday's 95, Sunday's 96, episode number 97. Monday night, 9 p.m. live. Big Recon Facebook page, Big Recon YouTube channel. Alex and Tone will be here, and we are going to dive into the hot stove. So why am I talking about Countdown? Remember, we are now three episodes away after those from the Big Recon 100th episode extravaganza and the debate, which will be live. I will announce when it's going to happen. Who is the GOAT? And why do I think this is the worst debate in sports right now? Yeah, I've changed the format a little bit. So that's what's coming up. Uh, as I'm sitting here, it is 10 to 9 Buffalo with 9.45 clock running in the second quarter. Uh, Josh Allen threw a touchdown, or I'm sorry, they ran a touchdown in. Cam just ran one in and their kicker missed the extra point. Um, so remember, Browns win and they're in. That's what you need to focus on. Baker needs to wake up feeling dangerous. Get the job done. As always, Big Recon is a proud member of the Timeskew Podcast Network and can be found at timeskew.com. On YouTube, Big Recon on Sports. On Facebook, Big Recon on Sports. Twitter, at Big Recon on Sport. Google, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Again, I will see you guys on Friday afternoon so I can preview both uh, CFP games. It's going to be a great week for sports. And guess what? We are less than 100 days from opening day, which means we are less than 60 days from the beginning of spring training. 
The boys and I will see you Monday night. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you Friday afternoon.